Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. The Brain Trust is here. Myself, Trevor BBD. We are fixing tanking in baseball. Let's do it. Hello and welcome back to Talking Baseball. We're coming live from the DraftKings studio. Myself, BBD, Trevor Plouffe out on the left coast. Jom boy and Jom baby and Jom wife and Jom moms are going on vacation to Puerto Rico. I think they're, uh, they should be pulling up soon. They left this morning. Happy for them. Uh, deserve it and... Need it all around, so we we're we're happy for them. Meanwhile, we keep rowing the boat. Uh, two guys, three guys here that never go on any vacations or never do anything. Um, I just got back from Florida. Trev gets on a plane in about an hour. <laughs> so don't uh, don't talk about my personal. I'm life. talking about your personal life. Uh, Fine. Hey everyone, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, Trev, big baby Trevor. Yes. How you doing, big dog? You wanna? I mean, I just revealed a little bit, but how is your weekend and how is your next ten hours, guys? I'm so happy to be here, talk and shop with you. That's gonna be the theme today. We're just talking some shop. And by the way, we're gonna fix the tanking problem that yeah. baseball has. So no big deal. It's just a light work on it. Was today Monday? Just light work. Is on Monday, Monday the thirteenth scarier than Friday the thirteenth? Yes. In my eyes, it is. Because Friday, you know, you could Freddy Krueger could be there, but still, you can go out later, and then there's Saturday and Sunday to recover. So, anyways, I am going to the Monday Night Football game tonight. It's gonna Whoops. be fun. I'm praying the Rams have a better outcome than they did the last time they played the Cardinals, because that wasn't fun. I was there for that one too. But that is that's nothing to do. Mm. With what's going on now, we miss James. We're wishing him well on his vacation. Um, he's going to be like all tan, probably. Is it sunny in Puerto Rico right now? Gotta be. Gotta be. Gotta be. I'm, but I'm doing great. BBD, you big freaking handsome stud. You introduced us, BBD GF. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, Trav, doing great. A big, big couple weeks for me. You know. The girl that you alluded to moved to the city on Friday, so adult now. Walked a dog for the first time this weekend. It was noodle. BBD's a man. Hot. BBD's a man. He's got the girl. He just moved to the city. Again, he kind of blew everyone's mind in the office this morning. Uh, he walked my dog noodle while I was away, and it was the first time he's walked a dog in his life. I've been on walks with dogs. This is the first time I've been holding the leash. That's insane. Never owned one. It's insane. It's insane. Um, BBD, you were like Don Draper. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. I've I've seen the men. That's you. Yeah. You're at the beginning stages of Don. Don Draper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Um, if you start drinking scotch at yeah. at six or six or seven in the morning, six or six in the morning, how about that one? We'll lots, be worried. Lots of scotch. Big. I scotch don't drive office. to work anymore, so yeah. Um, guys, we are going to talk <laughs> this episode. Um, 
I went to another wedding over the weekend. Uh, already revealed some of the tales from from that wedding. Might might save it for the back end a little bit. Mm. Um, got pretty twisted up. Uh, you sent me some pictures. Yeah, I was I was drunk texting Trev. I was sending pics. <laughs> yeah, I let out a couple bad tweets. Not a great look. Not a great look. Uh, had a good time. Uh, celebrities recognized at the wedding. Not a big deal. Um, Trev, we uh we sat down and we said, "What should we do for the people this Monday? Should we go deep dive into who's left in free agency? Should we do who signed? You guys already kind of know. Uh, well, you know, we'll we'll have some eps around different topics going forward. Uh, we love a good article. We're reading pod." Uh, yeah. Are you have you been reading lately, Trev? I feel like you were on a reading kick, and I haven't heard anything in a little while. I do enjoy reading. Um, I'm a nighttime reader, mm. so it's it's tough for me. Like I, it takes me a while to finish stuff, but it's my way of going to sleep. Every once in a while, I have a show that I watch, but if I'm going to bed, I start reading a book. It's like basically melatonin for me lights out sean merriman Mm. uh and we said you know what jim's out you know we uh me and trev are deep thinkers uh sometimes we we use some chemicals to help us think even deeper um and one of my short kings probably a mount rushmore baseball short king jason stark uh had an article uh on the athletic where you can also find a nice article about our friend Chris Rose that came out today. Our guy, Stephen Nesbitt, uh, put that up there. Really good read about uh, King Rosie, Trev's, Trev's, our mate, dad. Trev's mate on baseball today. Our pops, the company's dad. Uh, so that was good. But Jason Stark had an article that was the how to, how to solve MLB's tanking problem. Um, and you know, this has been a discussion and it's kind of one of the big ones now. I know we, we are a labor pod. We're the world's number one labor pod. Uh, but when we zoom in and I think it's kind of something that, that both sides agree to a degree needs to get better is tanking. And it's, we've seen it across all sports. You know, I, I know all three of us are pretty big sports guys and NBA had a, had a pretty big problem with it for a little while. They're addressing it. It's still there. NFL is kind of interesting because the season's so short and guys put their bodies on the line that tanking really doesn't happen. Um, mm. and, you know, in a way it does. There's the tank for Tua stuff. That didn't really pan out. Um, yeah, you tank for all these quarterbacks and then they're just brutal. Yeah, I, I don't it's, know. It's once like once it you worked. get to a certain point in the season, like, yeah, I think teams will... Not necessarily like organizationally go all in, but the players try their hardest. You know, guys are putting their bodies on the line. Yeah, it's it's you know mm. front offices can tank, players kind of can't take with. That's that whole discussion. But uh, Stark had an article on it, and you know, there's been a few articles on this, and and everyone zooms in on the draft. Um, and Trev, before we deep dive into it, I want to tell you about a draft I was drinking the other day out of my dugout mug. Wow! Wow! Tell me about it. Beers in mugs. Uh, it's the only way to get yourself the silver daisy is the dugout mugs. You guys already know. I mean, I don't have to tell you. Trev's holding his knob shot right there. Throw that in every stocking you see. Let's get turned yeah. up 
this Christmas. Like, you know. Can we still get it by Christmas? Are we allowed? Are, I what think are they saying about that? It doesn't say. It says there's no restrictions here. I know their ship time is normally pretty good. It's December 13th, so I think you'd still be good. Um, get it in, peeps. Get it in. These are great gifts. And like you said, stocking stuff. Are you kidding me? Starting to get to a point where maybe they can't promise it. I don't know what they're promising I don't these know. days, but I'll reach be out. There around Leave a dugout time, mug for Santa, too. Yeah. Put a Santa little milk in one. there. Leave a knob shot out. Put a little of BBD's whiskey in there now that he's Dong Draper. Um, go get a bunch of knob shots for everyone. Turn up this holiday like I did at the wedding. My goodness. Um, Stop serving me. Stop serving me espresso martinis. Uh, oh, my God. Go get yourself a dugout mug and get your loved ones a dugout mug. Uh, code JOMBOY, 30% off at dugoutmugs.com. Code JOMBOY. Um, Hot. Let's, I want to tell you some wedding stuff, but we should. Let's talk a little baseball. Uh, Trev, Jason Stark. We'll get there. My sh- One of my short kings. Uh, his... The big thing he tackles throughout this article, which which is a really good read, it kind of starts and stops with the draft, which I I don't know. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around a little bit more. He has some good points in there about the value you see at the top end of the draft compared to the middle. Um, so I don't know. I Let's don't know. Start there. Let's start there because I think that is, you know, Jason makes a good point. Everyone talks about how the draft is a crapshoot, and it is. Trust me, it is. Go look at the numbers. I always say that. Go back and look at drafts, top prospect list from five years ago. Look at the names, people. See how many you know. You won't know a lot of them. Okay, it's just it's a numbers thing. Uh, Jason does say there is a split when you get to those top picks. He went specifically to the top three picks. And if you look at the difference in war generated by those top three picks from the, I think he went 2010 to 2018 or something like that. The war generated by the top three picks dwarfs anything, uh, any other grouping of picks in that first round. So there is some more certainty as you get to the top of the draft, that very elite, elite player. And then it drops off. There's a lot of projections and stuff that never come about. Um, but that, I think, is the caveat. When we do say the draft is a crapshoot and the prospects' rankings are a crapshoot, when we're talking first overall picks or top one, like that one to two to three top 100 prospect in all of baseball, that is more of a – you can bet on those guys at least at reaching the big leagues and having some sort of career, uh, whereas the rest of the draft is literally just a shot in the dark. Uh, informed shot in the dark. How about that? Yeah, the the way that Stark laid it out in the article, I mean, he shows the draft pick values 2010 through 2018. Because if you think about it, guys drafted in 2019, they're probably, there's only a couple of those guys in the show. So yeah. you're going to leave out those data points as of now. Uh, number one picks with a total of 117 war. Uh, Bryce Harper leads number one picks in that with 40. Um Number two picks, 81.4. Number three, 74.6. Chris Bryant. Uh, Manny Machado uh, is the number the number three pick. 45.2 career war for Manny Machado. Yes. We need to, like, talk about him more. Uh, I guess he's got that rich neighbor that uh, steals a lot of the headlines, huh? Um, and then where the reference point moves to, uh, 
our pick 16 through 20 because that's where uh, in the proposal that Jason is mentioning here, the top of the draft would then become the first teams that miss out on the playoffs. So this year, the number one pick would have been the 91 and 71 Toronto Blue Jays. Um, so, and then it would have been the Mariners, Athletics, Reds, and Phillies. So, it becomes interesting because, again, everything we've talked about in the CBA the past couple episodes, my mind starts spinning to how teams are going to manipulate this, and I, I know you were thinking the same way. But, you know, it, it really is, it feels like an interesting way, because teams want to make the playoffs, right? Like, there's some incentives there. And it's still incentivizing the rest of the teams to be good. So you can kind of chase those draft picks in a winning way. Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely we're outside the box, but it's not like game-changing revolutionary. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess the question and it's it's how much would this really change things? And for me, I guess I'm I'm a little skeptical kind of Going back to the idea of draft picks and how valuable they are, because I, you know, those top three picks, you're right. I mean, with how much scouting and how much natural ability guys at that part of the draft have, there's a clear advantage. I just don't know if it really solves. I feel like that's maybe, that feels like step three out of five to solve tanking. Sure. I don't know if it's the number one. Yeah, there's a lot of things like making sure, you know, a percentage of revenue is used actually to better your club. We talked about that last uh, pod where there's the gray area where you could say anything betters your club. Hey, I got some new pine tar right. rags. My offense is going to click now. And that's the that's what you're talking about, the manipulating the language in these agreements. They're very good at it. And both sides can do it. It's just that the players really don't as soon as an agreement is signed, there's nothing you know, the players can necessarily do. The teams control all of the moves. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of what we're talking about there. Um, I do want to point out that this is another, I don't know if this is a straight attempt, but it's happening. This is another division uh, that the union and baseball fans, because I think everybody enjoys like a topic like this, it's dividing MLB teams. Now, if you're an upper echelon team that is, you know, looking to compete year in and year out, maybe, you know, you're considered a, a big city, big market, so you're spending money. This is beautiful to you. You get to go contend for the playoffs every year. And guess what? If you fall just short, instead of it being a complete waste of a year and you having a back-end pick, now you either get the playoffs or you get a high pick. The low-end teams, the teams that aren't spending money and aren't really trying to compete, they are going to hate this. I mean, that's the whole point of you know them saving payroll, uh, accumulating draft picks. They're going after the Houston Astros, the Chicago Cubs model that you know really hasn't been successful, save a few teams. And those two teams we found out were you know, or at least one of them was doing some interesting stuff. But this is driving a stake right in the middle of these MLB teams, and I love it because this is what. MLB has done to the players time and time again during these agreements and during these, you know, these labor talks. It's just another, but I agree with you when you said this is not the only thing that's going to save tanking or save baseball from tanking. This is like step two, I would say. And that's, I guess that's where I'm, I'm trying to mentally get to is what's, 
What's the solution? Because I, you know, I, I'm the Baltimore Orioles. If this, if this draft stuff, if these draft changes were implemented in 2017, I don't think the Baltimore Orioles last four seasons change. Like I still think they just stink, and then they have an even worse minor league. Like I, I don't. And you know what that incentivizes though? It incentivizes you to go out and get some players. You can go buy players. There's free agents. You can make trades. Like this makes you have to think instead of just sitting back for three or four years being like, well, our hands are tied because we're in a rebuild. Like that will stop that. And there's still an emphasis on player development for the minor leaguers you have. You still want can get those guys as good as possible. I I guess, I mean, and I wasn't saying that. Like I feel bad for Oriole fans. Like that's it's a strong fan base down there. It's a really cool baseball stadium. Like they they shouldn't have to go years. through that. Um, There's I, someone in the chat saying MLB wants to get rid of revenue sharing and also stop tanking oxymoron logic by the MLB BPA. This I'm going to address this because it's my point about this is an attempt to divide the teams. Both of those issues divide MLB teams. So you got to think about strategy here. As dumb as that sounds, you know, but PA doesn't have necessarily a ton of leverage. So they have to be smart about what they do. And again, we've seen MLB do this. I'm going to say to us because I was part of the the, committee that they did this to. We've seen them do it to us. So it's nice to have a little bit of volley back to them and say, here, now what do you think of that? Mm. No, now you want to negotiate in good faith? Okay. Mm. God, I love when we say in good faith. Mm. Might get that inked on me. Um, I guess my thing jumps to, Trev, you know this. We're businessmen. You, me, and BBD, we're Mm. we're deep in the crypto world. We're financially stable. We'll leave this company soon. Yes, I'm getting fired by you and John, baby. Uh, Mm -hmm. Money is what makes the world go round. And I think... And that's where I was surprised you said revenue sharing early on because I feel like that is divisive in the baseball world right now because I don't think we have the perfect solution. Like you said, it's it's how do teams spend that money. And we've kind of done the salary floor talk, which there's, you know, the owners are never going to do a salary floor because then that would be a salary cap and the players are never going to do a salary clap. So it's almost like, all right, so that's, that's just a dead wash. So I guess I'm trying to find, because like you said, Orioles, let's use the Orioles as an example. Huge Orioles Day. Orioles mm. fans, we're chatting you guys up December 13th. I love it. Good unis. Good unis. What gets the Orioles ownership? What gets the Rays ownership? What gets Oakland's ownership? What makes these teams actually come to the table and try to compete when they're in a tough spot, man, like uh, all those, all these things we said about the Orioles, the Yankees are the why Yankees. Are they, the why Reds, are they in the tough spot? I don't understand. I'm, I'm saying currently the way their division is. I mean, those they're are just those are four really sure. good baseball teams. That's it's, it's just a tough division as of right now, and I'm sure that'll change and can. And especially if the Orioles played their hands differently, they don't have to be who they are in the division. But I guess. It's for all of those teams, what's going to make them actually come to the table and try to be better and try to compete no matter what. And I just don't think, I don't think mixing up the draft picks 
is is enough. No, we. I don't think it's enough either. But like you said, this isn't just a one layered plan. It's not a sheet cake, bro. Like this is a layered Ooh. cake, crepe cake, several layers to it. But I, I, I mean, I agree. I think there's a lot of work to be done here, and there's other there. This is Jason's proposal. There's been other things talked about, um, and there's been proposals by the union and then counter proposals. I guess we can kind of go into those now. I'm going to pull up the article and and get down to those. Please. I mean, I, we were talking about another the- another well another thing that, another before we get into that the counter to this system where you reward essentially I think we didn't explain the system enough yet so I'll kind okay. of try to go through it real quick. It'd be the first teams out all the way down until you got to the playoff teams. And then it'll be the first team out of the playoffs down to the World Series winner. So in this, we have 12 teams making the playoffs right now or 10 teams? We have the three division winners. I think under the current two system, it's 10 teams. It's 10. 10. So it would go um, team that finished 11th in the season – would get number one pick, and it would go all the way down to uh, 19. And the team that finished with the worst record would get the 19th pick, and then it would go reverse order of playoff, uh, stuff like that. That's how Jason's proposing it. Another counter to that, not a counter, just an uh, alternative to that would be like a lottery system, similar to what the um, what basketball has. And MLB actually proposed that. They said we do we can do a lottery for the top three tip, the top three picks in the draft, but it would still be weighted uh, for record and market. Uh, so it still is not. It doesn't really make any sense for you know the teams that it still invites tanking that proposal, the lottery, in my opinion. And we see that with the NBA. The NBA's had a lottery for how many years? A zillion years. Yeah, they they Still reshuffled like the odds, but it, big pictures changed not a whole lot. And it's yeah. I, it's really it's truly not apples to apples where one player in basketball can change your whole team's outlook. I mean, you know, we we talked about all the the war and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and those those guys can change part of your team's outlook. It can help mold your team's window, but they kind of can't. Change your team's winning I mean there's there's too many guys involved uh, The other one that I did like from MLB uh, Teams could not have top five picks more than two years in a row That's a fun little wrinkle I, I kind of like that Like hey if you're going to be really bad Like here's part of your punishment Like you just you can't do that um, Man I wonder are they even talking about this stuff right now Like where Yeah they you are. think they're, so? They're, yeah. They're talking, yes. I, I don't think they've quit for the holiday season. I'd expect, you know, maybe sometime next week they'd take, you know, five, six days off. But right now they're they're still going. And whether it's talks every day or it's talks amongst each side and then reaching out, you know, every couple of days, they're still going uh, because that's the job. They got to get baseball back. We're locked out right now. God. Like the, if the, if they're not doing anything, I'm going to walk in there and kick the, the damn door down mm. and hurt my foot. I'll hurt my foot mm-hmm. for all the people. You would do that for the people, wouldn't you? Um, I would. You know, I guess And later on in the article, they do, uh, they redo some, some drafts with lotteries in them. Um, 
And it is. I don't like that. I don't like that. Part I know you don't like that, but it is. It does what they wanted it to do in the article. It does show. So again, if the Toronto Blue Jays were the one pick, again, think about kind of the wagon that the Blue Jays are becoming. Um, and then the Orioles, the who are going to be the first pick, were the 20th pick. And 2019, Strasburg was number one. Chad Jenkins was 20. Um, Bobby Borshering at the 16th pick. Mm. Um, 2011. Say that again? <laughs> don't, I'm not saying Bobby Borshering <laughs> again. 2011, Garrett Cole, your number one pick. Chris Reed at 16. Not in my book. Mm. Tyler Anderson is in my book. Good for Tyler Anderson. He's he's having a nice little career for himself. Um so it does change things. I uh I still don't know. I want the owners to have more skin in the game. And I, I want them like put the money on the table and I think that's what'll make them tick and you know I I guess the other thing in the NBA, I think you see it more that we see teams like the build-up year over year is like, okay, hey, this young team, they kind of finished around 500. And then the next year, okay, they're doing – I feel like baseball, we don't see a ton of that. Like we kind of saw the Blue Jays coming. We kind of hoped that the Mariners were coming, and they did. Um, but it, it would be nice to see teams kind of chip away and get better. You know, some of these central teams. And, hey, you get rewarded with the pick, too. And then by the time that, you know, your young core and your group of guys are ready to go, maybe you've got another young pick coming, you're attacking free agency. I don't know. But it – and Andrew Miller kind of had the quote that starts off this article, and he's, you know, high up with the players. There are just too many – you know, for us, we kind of like it at the end of the season because we're like, oh, we don't need to talk – there's four series on here we don't need to talk about. Nats played Pittsburgh. Uh, wouldn't watch it. Wouldn't want your friends to watch it. There are just too many of those by the end of the year, but I don't know. Is that also a necessary evil for what we love about baseball when we talk about how long the season is and the grind? Like, if we want teams to be great, that means there's going to be teams that are really bad every year. So is it? are we just circling the wagons on kind of a, a moot point? Nice, nice. We talked about moot last time. Moot. I. This is what I do in every single proposal, and every time MLB is like, okay, like yeah, we'll accept that. Where's the Trojan horse? Are you familiar with the story of Troy? I sure am. I mean, are you kidding okay. me? Fighting over oh, a pretty I... girl, hiding in a horse—that's that's Jake mm. Story Like that's. <laughs> the Iliad and the Odyssey. Let me tell you, if you haven't just sat, sat down and read those two epic. Mm. Epics, yeah. Go ahead and do that. What a I what an adventure you'll go on. You should. Call I always look for the Trojan reason. horse in the owners' proposals or when they accept something. And I think I might have found it. Maybe I need to like alert the union right now. Wow. Here it is. And this is gonna bear with me, people. Okay. If we start, if say we take Jason's. Uh, proposal here with the draft and we implement it what it's going to do is one good thing it'll do is it'll maximize teams windows of where they believe they can compete right now i feel like these teams have very small windows they get these guys up they pair them with a few free agents then they send them off and maybe they get too expensive 
too expensive. There's air quotes for people listening on the podcast. They send them off and starts the whole window over. And if you now are getting these, your, your farm system is getting replenished as you're going for it, you don't necessarily have to ever be out of that window if you just keep kind of you know, competing. But that's only if you draft people who are going to help your team in the near. You can't be spending your... You can't be spending your money, your draft capital on guys that are 18 years old. If you need to fill some spots, you go to the, you go the college route. Now, what does that mean for players when they only draft college kids? It means you get to the big leagues later. You get to free agency later. They pay you less. Is that the Trojan horse? Mm. Is we're going to have a bunch of old guys? We're not going to have the young superstars unless they come out of Latin America? Think about that. If we only drafted 22-year-olds, get to the big leagues at, you know, say 24, control you for your prime years, ship you out when you're 30. I feel like that's kind of already happening, no? It makes it even more is the point. There's if you're a team that's going to draft an older dude instead of a younger dude. Yeah, if you're a team that's competing anyway, and you need but... to replenish, it's... It's interesting. I don't know. Maybe that's I'm making that more of a deal, a bigger deal in my head than it is. But that's how I think about all of this stuff. Like, where's the back door? Like, where? Like, what's happening here? Who are we letting in by letting this happen? That's what we did with the qualifying offer. That's what we did with the collective uh, competitive balance tax. Like all of these things that we thought were going to help the game, turns out you know they get manipulated and they're not helping the game. So maybe that's it. And I mean, another one similar vein that we talked about pre-show was like how many teams would rather be that first or second team out of the playoffs than make it in, especially if the playoffs expand and half the league gets in anyway. I mean, I, I guess they'd still want the playoff revenue more, but so maybe it's got to be sort of like a reverse lottery where it's like, okay, the best teams out get the better odds, but I don't know. There's got to be there's a weird balance of, of what a team might want there. Who is Helen of Troy in that story? What do you mean? Who was she? What? Yeah. In your example. Hottest. Oh. Yeah. My example. Yeah. Who's the hottest woman on earth? <laughs> is, Helen of, is Helen of Troy like the all-time hottie? Yeah. Like she went gods, to war. Like fighting over her. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I got gods fighting over her. Helen of Troy. Whew. Kind of got me. Gods were, semi-gods were in the war, but it was actually not gods that stole her. It's Menelaus mm. and what's his name? Yes. Who's the guy that shoots the arrow? Achilles. No, that's, that's who gets, gets shot, shot with the arrow. Tatis Jr. Yeah, Tatis Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, well, I think we solved it. I was Paris. I, Paris of freaking Troy. Never trust a guy named Paris. Never trust a guy named Paris. Um, Who knows that? Yeah, I guess it would. Uh, this will never happen in the history of time, but I was, I was daydreaming when you were talking about the Iliad and the Odyssey a little bit. And it was, it was like, what if there was, what if the like last place owner had to pay like fifty million dollars. <laughs> like if you finished last place. I'm at like that's what I'm saying. Like if we're really raising the stakes. 
<laughs> like, you want to talk about a GM and having your ass in the jackpot? Like, could you imagine being the GM of the baseball team having to go into the owner's office and he just had to write a $50 million check to be spent to the rest of the league? Whoo! Oh man! I don't see that happening though. No, it's not. Gonna I don't. Happen. See Maybe if they had to like, if you <laughs> if you finish last, yeah, you had to like show your face on TV or like do an interview. Or <laughs> that would scare him enough. <laughs> the last place it would scare interview. Him enough. The yeah. last place interview. I'm talking the baseball. The owner has to sit down. Has to come to sit with us, and we're gonna ask them why'd you guys suck so yeah. bad. You're so rich. What'd you, how'd you make your money again? <laughs> it's an option. Um, it's an option. I think. Did, so did we solve it? Here's my. Oh, here's my proposal. Oh, it's, it's actually simple. Yeah. I didn't know you had one written up. I, okay. I like. I, I'd take Jason's draft thing, and I like it. I'd implement it right away. I think. I don't even think you need to change much in it. I think it makes sense the way he he goes about it. The other caveat to that is we need to have the revenue sharing actually spent on rosters like it's meant to be. Yeah. Like there needs to be clear cut language. You need to spend X amount percentage wise on payroll for your big league team with this money. I believe that is what they do in the NBA. And that's why you see these dudes like, like who got what? I think that is, those are the two ways. It's not a floor. It's not a floor, but it's using it's it's actually abiding by what was agreed upon. You know, it just needs to be in clearer language. That's already in the CBA. Yeah. And that's I, my proposal. I, I think there is something there's obviously something there. And I, I think because there is one downfall of this we kind of didn't touch on too much, is that it could potentially the trade deadline could get pretty boring, right? Because if you're if you're a team in, in pursuit of this, instead of trading away your Jock Peterson, your Adam Duvall, your Jorge Soler, your whole Braves World Series outfield, maybe you hold on to those guys because you you know you can fight for some draft picks. So that that's kind of the only the only downside to this. But I I still think, and again, I'm I'm bad with words, I'm bad with writing words, but there has to be some sort of solution that involves the revenue sharing where the money has to be paid with the players and then maybe you have to have that money on the books through June and then if you want to trade away those guys and you want to get a bunch of prospects and your team sucks, there's still a way that that can fuel your organization. That, you know, you can bring in a bunch of young... Like, I, I just... I don't know how to word that or phrase it and put it on paper the right way. Because then, does their record end up really bad? And then now you're back to the 20th pick? I don't know. Because I... Man, a good trade deadline. That's got some juice. And especially... I I was joking before with, with you guys saying copycat league. I really think what the Braves did this year... And trading for a whole new outfield Man, I think more teams are going to do that They gave up no prospects And then they paid a third of those guys' salaries Just hoping for something to click And guess what? It did and they won the World Series So like, I think there's going to be a lot more of that And I kind of like that Because it's the trade deadline It's exciting and it's good teams getting better But then that does kind of counter this 
this theory where teams would want to hold on to guys to try to get that better draft pick. Maybe we do something like uh, draft order, then goes by a record at the end of July. And then if you want to ship your team off, Whoa. you can ship it off. Whoa. Competing you know, for like, half the season. <laughs> you, <laughs> that, that feels like a, a that closer. feels like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> There's a Trojan horse there. There's a Trojan horse. There's a whole truck there. full of them there. Oh, that man. was like a group of Trojan horses. Look, I'm a high school grad, okay? Yeah. Like, contract language isn't Same. my thing. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're I'm saying. I'm just spit at least I'm spitballing. Where's Robbie? That's what we need. That's what we need. I guess let us Morocco. shout out shout Rose out, Rotation. Though. He got a big shout out in the Rose uh, yeah. article. I didn't get much of a mention at all. <laughs> I got to be honest you. I was looking for my little section. Didn't ever uh, show up. Control fine Trevor Plouffe. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, you know, comment. Let us know your guy's solution. Let us know what we missed. King Jason Stark. Everything. Short King Jason <laughs> Stark. Um what Trev, did we actually just say? We do. I say we just submit this first half to the league and uh, say you're welcome. Um, Trev, we we do have some news and notes around the league. And, guys, I don't want to get the chat too exciting that's already been popping oh, off. No. Trev said he wanted to do a little a live Q&A after. He's been absolutely fiending for it. Uh, we do I have a hard out in 19 minutes. So We do have some news and notes uh, before then. And those... A lot of managerial stuff. My dream jobs got filled. We'll talk about that. Uh, and speaking of the dream, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hello. Mm. Uh, man, I think sports betting legal in New York. Couple weeks coming up. Watch out. Poppy Gordo placing bets, snapping checks. Um, and football fans, I know we got a lot of baseball people, a lot of football people too. Maybe maybe yeah. you're such a football fan, you're you're going to take the Jet to the Monday Night Football game tonight. Uh, and what if I told you, you could bet $1 on, <laughs> on any team to score and you can win $100 in free bets. That's all you got to so do. So, like, let's say there was a, a Rams-Cardinals game tonight. You know, two explosive offenses, Kyler Murray, Oakland A's, Kyler Murray, Trevor Plouffe, and Clayton Kershaw's friend, Matthew Stafford. You would bet $1 on either team to score, and they're both gonna. I'm giving you the janky lock on that. And you would win $100 in free bets. They also have their daily fantasy sports contests with huge cash prizes. (laughs) Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code JOHNBOY. This week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. For details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. They took off the with I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, they've had the same ad read for a couple weeks now, and I just, you know, maybe we should spice it up. You want a little juice? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk to Let them. Let me take off my football shades. Hold on. These are my coach. I only coach football. Coach Trev. Did I see Teddy at a football tryout this weekend? 
Yeah, he's doing flag football again. Apparently, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an assistant coach. I can't commit fully yeah. because it overlaps with my spring baseball. Mm. I'd like. Do you think you could get offensive coordinator? I'd like that for you. I feel like maybe I. I am gonna put this out there right now. I'm, I'm, I'm ruining some of my leverage here. Uh, as we do approach the new year, and I do sign a new contract with John Boy Media, I think I'm gonna have to put a little little in there where it becomes Jumbo Media's sponsored mm. team, whatever I'm coaching. I'm handshake. We Boom. Done. Uh, that is fine. Okay. Speaking of, well, we'll start with one. Kind of the biggest current news is the Mets managerial hunt. Uh, they are down to their final three. Uh, a spot, team, bro. Espada, Showalter, my Mets. Love the Mets. Uh, and Matt Quattraro, Rays bench coach, Trev's Rays. Um, do you have a are you do you have a horse in the race, Trev? Like I'll I'll be honest, I I've fallen in love with Buck Showalter. He does some Yankees pregame, postgame, and he's electric there. He does some MLB Network. He's it's it's so old school, but also he delivers it in a new school fashion. And man, he he's delivered in the brief time. Uh, that I've seen him do some pre and post game stuff. He he mentioned some stuff on a baseball field that I'm like, wow, you are, you are He's what I, you are what I think a manager should be. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I'm a little biased to them. And if man, again, Mets fans have this weird relationship with Yankee fans sometimes. But me and BBD were saying this on Wake and Jake this morning, like Scherzer, Showalter, like if that's your off season, like I'm tuning into some Mets baseball next year, babe. So that's, that's kind of my horse in this race right now. Do you, uh, where, where are you at? If this is, if these are going to be our final three candidates, I mean, I think Cotraro, uh, comes from the Rays. I think they really like that, but I don't think you approach this team like you would a Rays team. I think this is a completely different thing. So as much as I like him and I, I know he is a great baseball mind, I no offense, I have no say in this, so it doesn't really matter. I would look towards the other guys. Obviously, Buck for for steadying the ship. It's been rocky in Flushing. Mm. Mm. No, not an S. Yeah, I always forget. There's no S. You uh, you and Matt's fans. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's been a little rocky there. Buck could calm the waters a little bit. And like you said, he's seen everything you can think of on a baseball field. And yes, he does have an old school approach to how he presents information, but he still is willing to take in information. And that's all analytics is. People need to chill out on analytics and acting like they are some mystical thing that we can't understand. It's just information. Now, Buck knows how to distribute that information and you can make it sound good to baseball players and palatable similar to what jimmy does with breakdowns with people he makes things palatable for people they can turn off their brains listen to them and get some information that's why jimmy's successful that's why buck's successful i really believe that on the other hand you have a spada who i believe if you're trying to create like a new culture right he's been in new york He's been in Houston. I mean, those are two very good franchises to be a part of. I lean, if you're looking for a guy that you want to be there for a long time, I lean him. I think Buck is a three to four year guy, maybe. I think you could have a spot to come in and, and be your guy for, for years to come. 
I like that. I uh, that's just my take. It's an interesting way to look at it. BBD mentioned this morning the Espada Billy Epler connection. Uh, they go back a little bit. Uh, I like that kind of take on it. I, I mean, Showalter's fun because you're obviously a thousand percent attacking this kind of new window you've set out for yourself. You're right. Like in in the dream world where everything's hunky dory and you're trying to do a good. Six, seven years of Mets baseball Which again, like a lot of managers don't do that um, Maybe it, it would be more Espada or or Quattraro like, uh, those, those are the two guys that now kind of get brought up With every managerial opening I think they're both in play for Oakland um, So it's going to be interesting to see how those those sort out Have to check with uh, Jolly and Jerry uh, Jerry Blevins going to be around uh, the John Boy Media Studios this week So maybe we'll... Uh, We'll get some juice on that Shea Station crew Trying to see what else we've got in here My dream jobs, the talking baseball people I've told you guys many times My retirement job, probably after Trev and John Baby fire me Um, I'd like to be a special assistant to the GM For either the Diamondbacks or the Colorado Rockies Uh, And funny enough, in about 24 hours They each hired one Clint Hurdle Gets hired by the Rockies to be an assistant GM uh, You know what, I feel like we've heard some curmudgeon old guy stuff on Clint Hurdle I feel like his final days in Pittsburgh weren't that pretty Everything I saw from my Rockies people, they were happy Because they were like, hey, there's going to be a voice in the GM's office That knows what it's like to play a course field day in, day out um, You know, some of the things we've talked about with Trevor Story, the fatigue that Coors Field adds, you know, all the whether it's no fastballs without spin, uh, sliders that don't slide, all of that stuff. Um, so he and you know he goes back to the early days of the Rockies franchise. He was a minor league instructor there, so he's got some Rockies roots. Who this is the part I never know. How much of a voice does he really have day in day out? No idea. And then uh, former Cubs exec Jason McLeod, a special assistant to the GM. Um, for the for my snakes, Jake snakes, uh, and apparently he was kind of a big part of building out the Cubs farm system uh, for their their World Series team. So um, I don't know. Who, I don't. What does know. that mean? Special assistant or helping to build? No, out the I, Cubs? special assistant means everything. It can mean anything you want right. it to mean. That's the coolest part That's about why that. It's my John dream Cuddles. job. Yeah, you could just do this. You could still be a special assistant right now and just continue to do what you do. But what does it mean that McLeod helped was a key role in helping the Cubs build up their farm system? What did he do? I mean, it's a fantastic question, Trev. Like, I I don't know. Was it- <laughs> did he scout him? Did he develop him? I mean, people need to stop taking credit for so much. It's a collective effort, man. Eight years as the top minor league and scouting guru. There you go. Scouting guru. I mean, I'm ready for that. Um. I still talk to the scout that signed me, Bill Melly. Shout out, Bill. Stud. 48-year-old from Hawaii. Good for you. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. 48? Yeah. Young guy. Kind of. Looks like he's decently tall. Anyways, um, does that move the needle for you in any direction? That he's tall? Just anything I said. Uh, no, okay. it doesn't. It has zero effect on any major league ball club. You know I'm still a baseball snob. 
Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the Twins coaching hire, Kyers. Hank Conger is now their first base coach. He'll work with the catchers. I think that's really important that we have, especially until we get, you know, the electronic strike zone, like having catchers that can teach, you know, at the big league level. You're going to get instruction at the minor league level. There's going to be roving guys, uh, but you're not going to have a guy on each staff that uh, can be a catcher, a catching coach, which is not going to happen. Sometimes you get a manager that was a catcher or a coach that was a catcher, then you get that. Uh, but most of the time it's just roving guys. To have a guy at the big league level uh, go ahead and continue with drills and stuff that keep you fresh throughout the year I think is really important to teams, and, and most teams should probably have that. Not to mention – you know, every team has bullpen catchers, but every once in a while, you got to have a guy get out there. And Hank will love to put the gear on. Mm. Didn't he have some real I pop? Saw that. I know I'm I'm talking he to. Hit the... I'm talking to the. Ju- I'm talking. I'm talking to the Juice King. I'm talking to the Oppo Juice King. But didn't didn't Hank Conger have some pop in that bat? Hank Conger's really well known for the Little League World Series. Mm. People forget he was a Little League star. Uh, then came up. Yes, he's got some pop. Um, very well liked among baseball players. A lot of times you'll hear guys talk about Hank and Hank's stories. So stoked about that. My boy Tommy Watkins uh, shifts over to a third base now. Now he's a third base coach. Twins up. Better record in 2022. Twins or Texas Rangers? Twins, twins, twins. It's a fun I game, so. right? That's yeah, the... it is a fun game. That's sad for Twins fans, but uh, I think Twins. It's kind of more sad for Texas Rangers fans. They just signed two like historic middle infielders. We talked about this. You can't win without pitching. Even though I hate that, that's a fact. You know, I hate pitchers. No, you do. Holy smokes! A young, young Ashanti just popped up on my feed. Um, Can we do seven minutes of Q&A in the chat with me? We are going to do seven minutes in heaven with Trevor Plouffe. Uh, if you're in the chat right now, uh, open to any baseball question. Trev's Trev's excited to do this. Jom's away. The cat will play. Um, and while you guys get your questions in, in the chat, I uh, would just like to remind you there is a uh, John Boy Media survey going around. Uh, helps our helps our team internally. Uh Easy survey. It's a couple questions, and if you fill it out, uh, you get a 20% discount code to the store. So uh, if you're thinking about buying something, which I know you are, um, you know, easy way to get 20% off. So go uh, go fill out this survey. The link is in the description. Uh, it's a Google form. So if you could go fill that out, uh, we would really appreciate that. Trev, oh, seven minutes and Trevin. Oh, that, uh, it moved. Um, what do you like, Trev? Um, I like best supermarket to shop at. Okay. Uh, Wegmans, no doubt. That's an East Coast thing. We don't have those out here, but man, Wegmans is something special. If you can, if you can shop at a Wegmans, go ahead and do that. Hugo uh, says, Trev, why don't you like the Marlins? You never talk about them. Uh, I did. We talked about their young pitching last year in the in the shortened 2020 season. We actually talked quite a bit about them last year. We were on them. We were on all the young guys. Uh, but you gotta, I think teams, a lot of fans of teams kind of get mad at us, um, during the year because we don't talk about their team enough, but you got to give us something to talk about. I know they've made some moves and they're, they're looking good and, and Jeets and, and, and Kim Ang there are doing great stuff. So hopefully 2022, 
similar to like the Mariners. Maybe their 2022 Mariners will be the Marlins, if that makes sense. I uh, I still very much want them. I want them to make a big splash and then a little splash. Uh, Castellanos and then like give me another outfielder because I, man, I, like they'd have a chance. They'd have a chance to stay around and, you know, we, we like you said, you know how how long did we joke about the Mariners last year, and then it be, it became really real, and then they were exciting. Yeah. So I like that. Um, what else do you else like, Trev? Who's on my all shower team? It's mm. interesting. You know that's that's a personal preference thing, and it, it yeah. changes from time to time. Me and Colin Calgill, he's probably my last shower buddy. We were two old guys in AAA. We were roommates on the road, and we'd stay late. Like all the young kids would just get in and out. Me and Colin would, you know, get a work in uh, a workout in after the game. We do some treatment, and then we'd be all alone in the shower late at night. And we'd look at each other and be like, "Hey, you know what? We put in an honest day's work today, man. That's what it's all about." So he was one of my favorites. Uh, me and Ryan Domit and Josh Willingham, we always kind of mm. showered at the same time. Doge would get in there. Doge is kind of gross. Naked and gross. In yeah. the shower, yeah. He's like, he messes around too much. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's a little much. That you makes so much sense. Um, can I tell, a, can I tell a, a shower story? Yes. That's what the people want. Right, I'm not naming names. Mm-hmm. I play with a guy. A guy. Yeah. And he would do a shower trick where... <laughs> Oh, I don't know if this is appropriate. Okay. I mean, it depends on the trick. I mean, okay, so like, you know, maybe earmuffs, maybe not earmuffs. It's not even that bad. What he would do is he would have to go to pee. He'd have to urinate. But he'd, he'd grab the top and just get all the pressure. Mm. You know what I mean? And then he would try to let it go and hit the ceiling. That was his game. That he would- <laughs> And he could do it. That uh So in case you were wondering what goes on. That that is Boys will be boys. Um Trev, I'm, here's I'll I'll reveal some of my story from this weekend. Maybe maybe watch the chat and maybe we'll get one more baseball question in. Um if some of you might have saw I I let out a couple reckless tweets. Um, on Saturday night at the wedding, um, <laughs> couple of reckless tweets. I, uh, you know, went to the wedding, having a good time. Um, Trev, my go juice is the espresso martini. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people over the years, they have their thing. You know, I know my mom loves coffee and Kahlua. Four Locos had a moment. Red Bull vodkas, all that stuff. Um, and I think you know a lot of. Young adults find the espresso martini, and it's kind of a whoa moment. Like you're you're going north and south, uh, pretty quick. That being said, so I go to this wedding, and they didn't have espresso martinis, and that's fine. Like oh. you know, that's a whole oh. that's a whole thing. I'm leaving. You gotta get right away. <laughs> I'm from. Do you know I'm from Connecticut? Um, this wedding's horseshit. So, uh, uh. And that's fine. So I'm drinking some tequila sodies. I'm mixing a marg. You know, tequila still like going up. And then, uh, you know, the wedding's going, little dinner, light music, family dancing. And then, you know, everyone pops outside, some fireworks, delightful. They come in, 
And they're like, all right, like, we're, you know, we're going to turn up the music. We're going, you know, we're, we're about to bump it in here. And also, we have espresso martinis. Um, oh, so my problem, I was on a path. Wait, 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 what? So they busted them out as like a, we're going to turn this party up. I didn't need that at the time. I was already kind of up. <laughs> So then they busted those out, and then I went back up, um, and then yeah, I, I I tweeted out the next day, but uh, I was going up to strangers and I was asking them their favorite celebrity, um, and then before they'd answer, I'd tell them mine was Low Bosworth, um, who was from Laguna Beach, um, still follower on Instagram, great follow, um. What the fuck CEO, are you CEO of her right own now? business But uh, yeah Dad dad got pretty lost in the sauce So um, <laughs> Jess said I was delightful She said I was being very friendly to everyone um, I was in a good place That's good You, you don't want to no. I know how it gets Sometimes you wake up And you're like Yeah Yeah There's that That depression that sets in Your anxiety if you will Yeah That's why I don't drink liquor man yeah. I really, really try not to. I stick my beer in wine. Do you have one more baseball I question got, for the people? I'm looking. Uh, last question, and I got I to hop on the bird. Happy for you. Let's see. You got one? I'm looking. I see Carlos Rodon. Where is he going to sign? That's a can't tough that one. I can't do that one. Who was my favorite big leaguer growing up? I want to do that one. Okay, please. I remember seeing like Ozzy Smith do a backflip once and like mm. he played shortstop and like I remember that very, very early in my childhood. When did he even stop playing? Like does that even make sense? Like how did I how was he Ozzy played player? for a while? Yeah, he did. So it was him and then it was the Dodgers and all of their young um they had five rookies of the years in a row. And that was kind of like right when I was in the uh, midst of my baseball love. The Deo Nomo, uh, Mike Piazza, Todd Hollinsworth, Eric Karros, and Raul Mondesi. Mm. So those are like my guys. And I was collecting some baseball cards at that time. And Nomo was like, if you, I don't even know if people know like what that was all about. That was insane in LA. Yeah. Like when he would start, it was a, it was like an event. So those are my those are my guys. I was all Dodgers mostly. Trev, one of and that's it. One of my favorite games, and we'll we'll wrap it up here. Is the uh, I love connecting generations, um, and sometimes the years just speak and they pop off the map. Ozzy Smith's rookie year, nineteen seventy eight. Ozzy Smith's final year, nineteen ninety six. Think about Makes how sense. different the world and athletes and everything was. Uh, I know, you know, I know JM, the all JM team is taking out all stars, but 15 time all star, 13 time gold glove. Again, I, I know those can be loosey goosey sometimes, but they also, they can also paint a picture of <laughs> what it was like to watch that dude play defense. Um, give me more backflips. Different. different. Give me more backflips, Diffy. Um, Trev, we gotta let you go. Get on the plane. Enjoy your game tonight. Uh, I guess you. I guess we'll root for 
Matty Ice uh, and the Rams. Might as yeah, well. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Please do because, yeah, it'll be a better uh, vibe. Uh, last one I'm going to answer, then I'm going to go. I love I love everybody. I love you guys. Okay. I love everybody. Uh, my favorite AFI album Ooh. is Black Sails and the Sunset. Did not think we'd get there. Uh, Trevor, thank you. Everyone who listened, thank you. We will be coming to you on Wednesday. There might be some Jerry Blevins. Do we hit up Max Fried? We'll see. Jake's Wait, it's just going to be me and you and BBD on Wednesday again. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not. Shout out uh, Zendino the Great, by the way. Zendino the Ghost. Stud. The Ghost. Daddy Zendino. It's everyone. <laughs>